Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We continue on on the Saturday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. You know what's going to rock it in a couple of weeks? It's almost sneaking up on it because it's almost here. Is the college football season. A lot of changes, a lot has happened during this offseason. We'll take a look at that and start to look ahead. Do games actually being played before we know it less than a month from now to help us do so? National College Football Writer for the Orlando Sentinel and Tribune, Matt Marshall joins me on CBS Sports Radio. Matt, how's your summer been? Pretty good. Busy, though. It's not, it's not like it used to be where you can get some months off to rest. It's been a lot of activity going on in the college football landscape with realignment, uh, NIL, just about everything you could possibly think of except for actual college football has been going on over the summer. Exactly. There is no downtime to college football like several of our other big-time sports. All right, you threw out two of the three big things, and I'm going to ask you about all of them, realignment, uh, NIL, and the other one being the transfer portal, which has created basically free agency in college football. Which do you think is having the most impact? I think at this point right now it's been realignment. I think you know we we you know about a you know six months eight months ago we were talking about expanding possibly the college football playoffs, um, and now you know that's changed. You know uh, because of realignment, you know all of a sudden that was kind of got put on hold uh, for the next year, a couple of years or so, um, and then you know what turned out to be with Texas and Oklahoma leaving and going from the Big 12 to the SEC, that just started this, this kind of domino effect, and we've seen a lot of these conferences now scrambling to do that. We're, we had media days, and we weren't talking so much about which teams we think are going to win the national championship during media days. All we were talking about is where do we think these teams are going to go? Do we think they're going to move about? Are, they going to, are, are the SEC going to expand? Is the Big Ten going to expand? What's going to happen? So, I think realignment to me is probably the biggest thing that we've dealt with right now. Now, maybe about six months ago, a lot of the storylines were about NIL and all the pe- all the kids making big million dollar deals. But I think that's kind of switched gears uh, because of everything that's gone on lately, especially with the Pac-12 and the Big 12. 
And how is it going to play? Because you touched on the two uh, big moves, the two to the SEC and two to the Big Ten, and you're right. There are more dominoes to fall, but in all of these cases, it's several years down the road, yet it's such attention-grabbing and so big and it's going to change the landscape and the face of college football. What is it going to be like this year with teams playing in the conferences they were in, knowing full well, the, full well they're moving uh, two or three years down the road? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think there's going to be obviously some some hurt feelings. I mean, you talk about some of these schools that are that are maybe in one a conference for one year, um, and then they they make the move next year. You know, Texas and, and Oklahoma. I think a lot of people thought maybe that that they would make the move before the the 2025 season when they're supposed to, but I just don't see that happening. I think there's too much money involved. I think you know the the schools themselves can't afford to pay. Um, the $70, $80 million that they would need to pay to get out of there. So they're stuck in the Big 12. So if you're Texas and Oklahoma, you're just trying to, to, to put out your best foot forward moving, you know, and knowing that in a couple of years you're going to get in the SEC. If you're the Big 12, you've probably already in your mind thinking, okay, they're gone. We've got to focus on our future. We've got to look to it next year when we bring on the BYUs and the Cincinnati's and the Houston's and UCF's. Um, so I think that's the thing. I think the same thing for the Pac-12. The Pac-12 goes into the season – you know, I think they're stunned. I mean, they're stunned because you look at UCLA and USC, two of your, your premier brands, and you know they're going to be gone. They're going to the you're going to the Big Ten in, in, in a year or two. So you're going to have to figure out a way. You know, what can you do to keep your conference together, but also realize that these schools are going to be there, hoping that maybe you can you can kind of focus on that and not focus on the, the schools that you're not going to have. So um, there's a lot. I think it's going to be an, a weird. It's going to be a weird situation every time you talk about. You know, the USC's, the UCLA's, Texas and Oklahoma, you're going to be talking about them not being there so much so as in how they perform actually on the field and what they're going to do for the individual conferences now. As you mentioned, the Big 12 kind of got a jump on it because Oklahoma and Texas decided to migrate first, so they reacted and filled in some holes, maybe with slightly lesser teams, but holes just the same to keep the conference's numbers uh, what they should be as we move forward the Pac-12 has not done anything since. They've had conversations, allegiances, and alliances have kind of gone by the wayside. Uh, where does the Pac-12 go? Because uh, they're going to be the Pac-10 again soon enough, and maybe even less than that if other uh, conferences decide to continue to try and tap into the Pac-12. What's their next domino move? Yeah, you know, I think for the, for the Pac-12, I think their job right now is just to try to stay together. You know, you, you heard their commissioner, you know, George Klefkoff talk about this this week. You know, he basically called out the Big 12 and called out some of the schools for, for being aggressive, you know, contacting their the Pac-12 schools to try to see if they would want to make the move over, you know, in realignment. I think what he's going to try to do is put together the best media rights deal they possibly can get as a conference. And to do that, he's going to have to look around and find other ways to make some revenue. He's going to have to be very – he's got to think really outside the box because I think, you know, he understands that losing that Los Angeles market that's going to that's going to be a huge blow for them because i mean the television market alone was was a big injection a, a reason why that their network was doing the what it was doing so he's going to have to be creative and i think he's going to have to try to convince those remaining schools listen we're going to be able to do this we're going to be able to make this work and you know yes you know there, there's going to be other attractive options out there um but we're, we're going to have to find a way to, to keep moving forward now whether that means they're going to try to go out there and be aggressive. Maybe they'll go look to the Mountain West. Maybe they'll try to bring on a brand like a Boise State or go to a San Diego State or a Fresno State. I know it's not as attractive an option of, of a UCLA or a USC, 
but anything you do to kind of add some value to your to your television contract would it would help you out. So I think they'll try to do everything they possibly can. They may they may as, as there's been rumored discussions, they may talk to the ACC about doing some sort of you know some sort of deal where where you know maybe they play uh, you know in a series of games much like they were trying to talk about with the alliance. But um, this has been an interesting time for everybody, and you've seen a lot of fractures in the in the conferences that we haven't seen any time in the past. Matt Marshall, National College Football Writer from uh, the Orlando Sentinel Tribune, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, you mentioned the ACC, and they've kind of been able to stay above the fray, haven't lost, haven't added. They've kept their conference intact. Are they good with that? Is that a good thing for the ACC, the fact that they haven't been rated, but they haven't added anybody either? Are they okay with where they're at? Yeah, I think they are. I mean, I think they would love to get, don't get me wrong, they would love to get Notre Dame, as, as would the Big Ten and the SEC. They would love to convince Notre Dame to move, you know, to a conference, a uh, foot, football conference, um, and, and bring them in. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. It looks, you know, more like, more and more like that Notre Dame will try to remain independent, especially if they can reach a, a media rights deal, a television deal, you know, with, with like a, a network like NBC. So the ACC, really, honestly, they have that grant of rights deal with, that they signed that keeps them through 2036. That pretty much locks most of their schools in, so they don't have to necessarily worry about them leaving. It would require any school that wants to leave to either give them all their media rights, uh, you know, for the next what is it, fourteen years, wow. or they'd have to go into a courtroom and battle this out. And that could happen, but I think it would be a, a very messy affair. So, so if you're the ACC and there's no one else out there besides, let's say, Notre Dame, I'm not sure if, if you're going to go try to maybe reach out there and try to add a school or two. I think you're going to do much like the Pac-12, and I think Jim Phillips talked about this. The ACC commissioner, you know, they're going to have to be creative. They're going to have to find a way to, to maybe convince their major brands, the, the Clemsons, the Florida States, the, the Miamis, and the North Carolinas, you know, you know, why they should stay put where they're at. Why, you know, what, what can be an attractive option, whether it's going to, you know, maybe it's how they, sh- they, they divide up the, the revenue sharing in the conference or whether it's trying to find other ways to bring in some additional revenue. They've got to also do a job of convincing some of their schools to remain happy with where they're at right now. And uh, I think they've got a little more stability than, definitely than the Pac-12 has. All right. Staying off the field, but in another chaos-causing concern, that would be NIL, name, image, and likeness. A bunch of coaches have kind of spoken out against it, actually, for my take. Surprisingly so. They just seem like coaches who don't want to see their young players be able to make a buck or two or ten or a hundred or a thousand or a million. Uh, and I get that it is it burst onto the scene and big, been a big mover and shaker. But um, is it as some have uh, described it? Legalized cheating? Do you believe that's what NIL has uh, caused and created in its infancy stages here in college football? I don't know if it's legalized cheating. I, I mean, I, I think that what's what's really kind of hurt this whole scenario with with NIL was the ability not to get some sort of um, you know legislation in place that that was just you know overwhelming. You know that they didn't have to go right now. It's state by state, and I think because of that, you know, you've got certain states that have really re- that really have like relaxed their NIL laws. And they're allowed to do a lot more than other states have. So in a way, that is, you know, you've got recruits, you've got schools in some states who are able to to find kids and get these kind of deals, um, offer them some kind of deals with, you know, with, with a collective, a booster collective or whatever, that maybe other schools couldn't do, take advantage of because of, of whatever the laws are there in place. If, if, if the NCAA had been able to handle this and had a, a major, you know, umbrella type law that would have encompassed everyone in, in you know, the, the college athletics, I think then, 
we wouldn't be talking about this so much. So I don't think coaches would be necessarily worried about that. But right now, I mean, it just goes, it's because it's so broken apart and fractured, you know, anything can kind of happen. I think that's why we're seeing this. And I mean, in some cases, I, I, you know, you're, you're seeing athletes maybe making, you know, 10,000, 20,000, $30,000, maybe not even anywhere near that. In other cases, you're seeing some of the prime athletes, the prime quarterbacks, for instance, making big deals, getting, you know, fancy cars, doing the multi-million dollar deals. I think where it gets really kind of into the into the gray zone is when you start talking about high school athletes, when you really get into the recruiting aspect of it, when you got high school kids maybe who are being enticed to go, you know, sign with another school because, you know, they're getting an, uh, some sort of NIL deal that could pay them, you know, up to, you know, a million dollars. Um, that's where you start thinking that's where we, you hate to see this kind of thing happen because I think that's where coaches are really concerned about this idea of, how can we keep kids from doing that? You know, I mean, it, you want to be able to let them make their own decisions, but you also don't want a third party to come in there and entice them to come there. I, I think that's where NIL has really kind of failed in a lot of ways. And while over the last, you know, year or two, was it 14 months, um, it, it's been a difficult thing to watch. And I think maybe that'll change in the next 18 months or so. Maybe things will start to even themselves out. But, um, you know, right now, everyone's kind of hoping that maybe the federal government step in. I just don't see that happening anytime soon. So it's just going to have to decide what's going to go happen with the new governance system that's kind of coming up with the NCA as they try to work with the transformative governments. You mentioned the federal government and rightfully pointing out that a lot of these are decided on a state-by-state basis. And the fact that the NCA can't or hasn't done anything about it, has the NCA just lost its usefulness altogether, at least in college football, are they even a uh, legitimate governing body anymore? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think, you know, you're looking around over the last, NCA has never been up to speed. It's never been, you know, a cutting edge group, right? You know, and it's, it's been something that's always seemed to be maybe 30, 40 years behind the times. And I think what we've seen over the last five years is that things have changed. And, and what was just amateur athleticism, has gone into almost being professionalism. And because of the fact that there are billion dollars, it's a billion dollar business. You look at what college football is generating money-wise. There's a reason why we're talking about realignment because schools are, you know, signing these humongous deals because they realize there's a potential to make a hundred million dollars down the road, maybe in the next five years. So money has really kind of caused a lot of these, these issues. So the NCAA has never been able to way to kind of find a way to step in and, and help out with this situation. And they're trying to catch up. They've been trying to catch up for the last four or five years, and it hasn't really worked out. I think this was an instance with NIL where they could have really found a way to make this work, but they kept going back and forth and back and forth on it to a point where it finally got to a point it was too past, and they couldn't find a way to fix it. So now they're hoping that the government steps in. Well, you know, like I mentioned, you know, I don't think the, gov- the government's got other issues going on. I don't think they're going to be able to step in and make this sort of thing happen. So, And because of that, that's why the NCAA now is, is looking at maybe – you know, changing its own government's policy. They need to figure out a way how it's going to work. And they may end up, you know, relegating more power to the conferences themselves and the schools themselves than they have to kind of police themselves because they realize the NCAA has kind of lost their teeth. All right. Uh, let's actually get a couple of minutes in here on the field. Uh, Georgia, your defending national champion, got killed by the draft. So many great players draft eligible and went in the draft, if not at the top of the draft. Um, of course, they beat Alabama convincingly in the championship game. They're two of the top three favorites going into uh, the season with Alabama being number one, Georgia being number three, Ohio State between them. And they're the only three schools that aren't double digits or more, if you look at the odds, to win the national championship. 
Can we just go by the entire season and put those three teams in the final? And see if you can tell me who is this year's Cincinnati, I'd really like to know. <laughs> or is it going to be someone from one of the power conferences? What are we looking at as far as the best teams in college football this year? Well, I think you know you're looking at a lot of some of the same things that we saw you know early on the last couple of years. You know, I think Alabama to me is, is clear the number one team that's going to be the number one team going into the season. I think you know this is one of those things that Nick Saban has done an amazing job with. You know, where he loses the talent and yet he finds a way to, to recruit so well that you know you're you're able to replace pieces that you lost. And I, I think you know they have a lot coming back. You know, Bryce Young is the reigning Heisman Trophy candidate, reigning Heisman Trophy winner. He comes back at quarterback. He's a guy I think that that gives them an edge on offense. You know, Will Anderson, the talented defensive player, comes back as well. I think Ohio State, as you mentioned, is going to be there. I think some teams to keep an eye on. You know, look, look at a team. You know, like a, a Utah, which is you know was done well in the Pac-12 the last couple of years. Um, they may not be a team that everyone's pointing to, thinking they can they can contend, but they've played well under Kyle Winningham. They've returned a lot of, of big pieces. I think Texas A&M is a team that's got a lot of expectations. Going into this season, Jimbo Fisher, you know, has has done a good job recruiting. They signed the number one recruiting class this past year. Uh, they've got some pieces there that people feel like they can make a serious run at them as well. You mentioned Georgia, obviously. Georgia has to to, to to find some 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 guys to come in and step up. But again, this is Kirby Smart, and he's a former you know Nick Saban disciple, so he knows how it's going to take to to kind of win and and get where they need to be. And then you mentioned some other, you know. You know, I think Cincinnati is going to be a team that's going to be right back in the mix again, even though they lost uh, a lot of pieces. I think they're going to be one of the top teams outside the power conferences. And then you look at maybe like uh, a Clemson, which, you know, struggled last year early on, finished strong. I think Clemson can find a way to get back in the, back in the mix as well. So a lot of the same kind of names we've heard before. It's just going to be interesting to see, you know, are they able to kind of keep up with, with losing so much talent to the NFL draft? One of the games I will be keeping my eye on, i uh, got to wait a couple of weeks, but August 8th, uh, Texas A&M going into Alabama. That whole Jimbo uh, Nick thing could uh, come into play. You see if they do or don't <laughs> shake hands before or after the game. That will be just one of many tremendous games played this year, and we will have Matt Marshall on again once the season gets underway to keep us tuned into what's going on nationally. Matt, we appreciate you jumping on board with us tonight. Enjoy the rest of your summer before you go back to work. All right. No, I appreciate it. Uh, have a good evening, okay? My pleasure. That is Matt Marshall, National College football writer for the Orlando Sentinel, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right. I wouldn't mind doing some college football talk. No, we've got a lot of college football fans out there. We, yeah, you got to deal with the off-field stuff because it is still the off-season, but we are now less than a month away from when it does get underway. So you want to talk off-field or on-field, college football works for me. 855-212-4227. Get on with the Mac Man here on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 